As we enter this third week of Advent, we see in our readings here a number of just a great reflections to, to dive into together and ponder and reflect upon. As we look at these readings, our second reading, it says, this is a great reading for you to take, I would encourage you to take deeper into your prayer and your time of prayer. You know, he says, brothers and sisters, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now just there, always, not sometimes, always. That doesn't mean we've got to be fake, like, oh, I'm happy, you know, and smile with a fake smile. But what he's saying is rejoice. Rejoice deals more with our spirit. Rejoice in your spirit. Even though things can be heavy or oppressive at times, things can be trying. You know, you're going to be with a lot of your crazy family members coming up, right? And so things can get tense, things can get stressful when you're with a lot of family at times, but family's the best saint makers, right? When you're with your families, they know how to make you into a saint because they're like, I always see like people closest to you are like, one's sandpaper, one's a grinder, you know, one's a hammer, one bends you, one breaks you. They all have a way of carving you into this either monster or somebody that's holy, right? So let this time be a time of God. Let, let people be like instruments or tools that God uses to sand down the rough edges, carve you, grind you, bend you, form you into a holy saint. Because God's grace is with us. He's not out there. He's in here. So rejoice in the Lord always. So when somebody gets on your nerves as you get ready to you know, visit a lot of family, when you feel like you're getting irritated or agitated, or if you already are, I don't know, but wherever you are, rejoice in the Lord. See, if you understand God's plan, when people drive you crazy, or when people stir you up, or when people rub you the wrong way, this is actually a blessing. For those who have eyes to see, if God's goal is to make you and I saints, to teach us how to love, then He has to put us on the potter's wheel, if you will, or, or put us on the lathe, or sand us, or grind us down. And the instruments He uses often are those in our family, those closest to us, your husband, your wife, your kids. This is how we as uh, Christians should look at the difficulties of our life. Because if this life is it, then everything I'm telling you basically makes no sense. Because then you're always going to be striving to eliminate any difficulty or, or you stay away from all of the crazy people. But the funny thing is, is the craziest person is right under your nose. We're often the ones that get on other people's nerves and we forget that part of it. We like to think everyone else is the problem. The fact is, is you know, we all get on people's nerves. We all struggle with this. This is the beauty of marriage and family. See, when you're married, you can't escape. At least you're not supposed to. When you're married, it's meant to say, you know, we're tying you together, so you're going to make each other saints, you know, whether you like it or not. God's going to use your spouse, especially, to really form you into that saint, to make you a person of virtue. But again, we got to cooperate with the graces that are available to us in those moments. It's tempting to abandon and to think, just because I can't with my own human will make this relationship work, 
or make this, you know, situation I'm in work, that I, it's not possible. Well, with human effort alone, most relationships aren't possible. You know, for your relationships to reach their potential, you need the grace of God. We need God's grace. Jesus didn't come and die on the cross to just give us an example. He died on the cross to give us access to the Father, to give us access to grace. See, before, this was the greatest tragedy um, of the fall. When Adam and Eve fell into sin, what does that mean? It means they fell from grace. They lost access to the divine life that animates, strengthens, um, fully realizes their humanity as male and female, as, as man and woman, as, as community. They lost that. They didn't have anything to give because, if you will, it's like a mortal wound. We say mortal sin, but mortal wound is, you know, if somebody stabs you and all your blood pours out, you're dead. Well, in our souls, when we get a mortal wound, grace, we lose grace. You know, we, we leak it out, if you will. It's gone. So we have to ask the divine physician, Jesus in the confessional, I got a mortal wound or I got an area where I need help. Lord, please heal this area of my soul. And so, rejoice in the Lord always. Remember that as we go into this uh, Christmas time coming up. As we continue Advent, prepare yourself. You know, don't be being surprised when people drive you nuts, right? We shouldn't be surprised at all. So, and he just says, the Lord... Rejoice in the Lord always. Then he says, I say it again. Rejoice. Meaning, did you, did you hear that, guys? Rejoice. And then he goes on, the next very line. What's it say? Your kindness should be known to all. It doesn't say some. It says all. Let your kindness be known to all. So if you understand the first reading, the Lord, your God, is in your midst a mighty Savior. God wants to save you from being a sourpuss, okay? He wants to save you from being woe is me, pity is me, turning in on ourselves. He wants to save us. The Lord your God is in your midst. He will rejoice over you with gladness. God's rejoicing over you. Do you know that? Right now, God's rejoicing over you. Just take that into your prayer. You know, not everyone rejoices over me. But God is rejoicing over me. And that's important because, see, if you know He's rejoicing over you, then you're going to rejoice in life and you're going to share that with others. You're going to rejoice over others, even in their brokenness. Because if you know God's rejoicing over you with all your frailties and faults, and you experience that, I'm not just going intellectual here, I want you to experience the truth of this Word, God's Word, for you personally, individually, each of you. He rejoices over you. Maybe you need faith to believe that. You do. If you're just going on reason alone, you're not going to get that God rejoices over you because others don't. Always. So, God's different. He's holy. To be holy means to be set apart. When you're in your uh, family uh, parties or family gatherings, you should look different. You should be set apart, meaning not I'm better than you, but you should have a particular fragrance about you if you are a particular presence of the Lord's kindness, a rejoicing heart. 
knowing the truth that He's rejoicing over you. Then it says here, and this is our first reading, Zephaniah chapter 3. It says, He will rejoice over you with gladness and renew you in His love. He will sing joyfully because of you as one sings at a festival. God wants to renew us in His love, okay? Renew us in His love. And this is a little um, thing I want to share with you that might help you to be renewed in that love regularly. This, as we know, Benedict has called this the year of faith, right? This whole year is the year of faith. We're, we're called to, as a church, obediently reflect on what is my faith? Who is my faith in? In this reading it says, have no anxiety at all. That's what the second reading says. Have no anxiety, but in everything, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. Anxiety, stress, you know, Christmas season, holiday, whatever, all of this stuff going on, Advent, we're preparing, you know, have you got your shopping done? Have you done this? Have you done your cards? All these things can go around us. You know, parties. Um, anxiety is not faith in God. It's faith in my problems. <laughs> if you put faith in your problems, you're going to have anxiety. Because your problems don't do anything for you but cause problems, right? So don't put faith in your struggles. Where's your faith right now? Where, where's your faith deposited? Where do, you, where do you put your faith? What direction is your faith aiming? Is my faith in God who rejoices over me? Are we able to kind of pull ourselves out of that haze and fuzz of the daily mishmash of life and, and kind of refocus ourselves in on the one and only who gives me my identity, my worth, and my value, who gives me uh, the joy and the peace that alone lasts. And we put faith in Him at this Mass because without Jesus, without God's love for us, we really don't have any hope. Advent's a time of hope, expectation. Because if, if we just depend on people and things to give us our peace and happiness, our peace and happiness, as I always say, will be like this all the time. Because if you're not happy with me, then my peace is down. If you're happy with me, my peace is up. You know, it, we're not, that's not steady. That's not going to help us be good servants of the Lord because I'm not going to be a person that's kind when things aren't going my way. And we all, we all struggle with this, but... Try asking the Lord today for an increase in faith in Him. Let my faith in You, God, be stronger than my faith in anyone or anything in my life. Reclaim the faith that Jesus gives to you all at baptism. He gives us faith. And so, when our faith is in God, what do we do? It says, by prayer and petition, you make your requests known to Him. This is faith. Making your request known to Him. Okay? So, faith is seated in your human soul, in your spirit. It's not in your body. It's in your spirit, your soul. Okay? You have faith, all of you, through baptism. You've been given faith. It's in your soul. Okay. I want you to, throughout your day, 
Do simple prayer like this. We're going to do this, alright? I want you all to just, in your own hearts, just make an act of faith. Jesus, I know you're with me. Or Jesus, I love you. Or Jesus, I believe in you. So just right now in your heart, just close your eyes and say that. Say one of those, whatever you feel in your heart. And then you're going to pause and we're going to let God's grace soak, soak our souls. And so simple as that. When you make an act of faith, you have to pause and absorb the graces God's releasing from His heart to you. Often we'll say, Jesus, I believe, and we're off on running. Or Jesus, I love you, and we're off and running. That's good, but does anyone in here put a steak and marinade and pull it out real quick and throw it in the oven? No. You soak it. Your souls must soak in His love in His grace. How do you do that? You make an act of faith which opens you to that grace. Then you rest for 15-30 seconds. Just sit quietly. Because what's happening is your soul's drawing in grace. And then if you do that, the final words of this reading, then, he says the word then, meaning, presuming you did everything prior, then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Then, meaning you rejoice in the Lord, meaning you're making an act of faith. Lord, I don't have peace yet, but I'm going to rejoice in faith until you bring it about in reality. I'm going to step in faith, and then God, I'm going to believe you're going to bring about the promise that you promised, which is to renew me in your love. So, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts. I like that word. Guard your hearts and minds. Boy, do we need to guard our hearts and minds. This is spiritual warfare that we're talking about. When our hearts and minds uh, receive lies, we do not function properly as human beings. So we've got to guard our minds and hearts from anything that degrades our dignity. And again, what we watch on TV, what we listen to, that stuff's going in. And it's going to affect our spirits and our bodies. And so we've got to guard our hearts and minds. Lord, show me what it is in my life that I'm letting into my mind and heart that's causing me anxiety and stress and fears and all you name it. So when you come up to communion, this is what I'd like you to do is Jesus is in you. Imagine yourself like an Omaha steak sitting in marinade. Whatever image works for you. (laughs) Soak in His love. Just soak in His love. It's not that He's in you. The, The greater truth is you're in Him. When you receive communion... Yes, we receive Him into ourselves, but God is actually receiving us into Him. So, you're, 
in the heart of Jesus right now. Right now. But again, we can take for granted and not pause enough to receive the healing and grace that God wants to give to you personally today. So I'd like you to think about that as we get closer to Holy Communion. Let's pray with affection. Pray with affection and devotion for this amazing God. And to close, just to reiterate our psalm response, cry out with joy and gladness, for among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Living it all for Jesus.